1: Second hour of Light the Tower here on the Horn. Craig Way with you. Jeff Howell and taking uh, part in a uh, company uh, meeting conference call, Zoom thing uh, with regard to some uh, new technological advances they have at Horns 247. So he, he'll uh, be out uh, for this. Jeff is out tomorrow, by the way. Tomorrow uh, we have um, – there's a couple other things that we're working on. And uh, if uh, they pop through before the end of the program here, I'll let you know. What's coming on that? Come Monday, John Fields, Texas men's golf coach, will join us on the program Monday as the Longhorn men's golf teams qualified for the NCAA Nationals for the 16th consecutive year. That's the longest such streak in, NCAA, in the NCAA right now, uh, finishing fifth there at the East Lansing Regional there in Bath, Michigan. And so they're headed out to Greyhawk Golf Club where the Texas women are uh, beginning play tomorrow in the NCAA Nationals out at Greyhawk in Scottsdale, Arizona. So uh, Coach Fields will join us on Monday. We've got a couple other things. Obviously, Mike White, Texas softball coach, will join us coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, we'll, um, we'll visit with him uh, to talk about the softball regional, at, and then uh, we'll have a Flex 30 update uh, about the big weekend of playoff baseball and softball. Additionally, uh, a second hour long or notebook where we'll hear from David Pierce. And like I said, we'll run through some of these Big 12 conference scenarios uh, and also uh, regional projections. So we'll do that coming up here in the, this second hour of the program. PGA Tour leaderboard. Right now, there is a two way tie atop the leaderboard. Keegan Bradley is at 3-under through four holes of his round now. He, like many of the guys, is playing the back nine first. And uh, Keegan Bradley is at uh, 3-under par through uh, uh, four holes of his round. Also, uh, Kazuki Higa is at 3-under par through 11 holes of his round, playing the back nine uh, first. And additionally... And a couple other guys that are jumping in there at uh, minus two. And, again, I want to make sure I didn't make the uh, mistake I made in the f- in the first hour where I read a number wrong for Justin Thomas. Thomas, by the way, still one under par uh, for his round. So there it is. Uh, Ryan Fox is minus two through ten holes of his round. Corey Connors also two under. Uh, John Rom, Kurt Kitayama, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Sayuth Thigala, Colin Colin uh, Morikawa and Justin Thomas are all minus one. But, again, it's a two-way tie atop the leaderboard right now uh, with uh, uh, Keegan Bradley there and Kazuki Higa both at minus three. So that's that's your PGA Championship leaderboard update. I got to thinking about something, Um, and and I want you to think about this. We're going to do this tomorrow because I really don't have enough time to do it here, in this hour of the program, but I was watching the PGA Tour, uh, the PGA Championship, and it's being played at Oak Hill, which one is one of the great uh, golf courses in America. That's a Donald Ross design, is isn't that right, Cam? You've mentioned that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to the garbage plate there, they uh, they're in Rochester. They have uh, they have uh, the the uh, Oak Hill Club, the East Course there in. Rochester, and um, it got me to thinking about something, and I had to I had to think. I thought, have I ever been to Rochester, New York? And I had to think about it, and I think about it, and the answer is no. I've been near it, passing by, on the New York State Thruway, but you've got to you have to exit because it it's astride the shore of Lake Ontario, so it's not it's not right there. You don't pass through it right there. You have to get off of uh, I ninety there, the, uh, the the New York State Thruway, to do it. So, um, so I haven't been there. So then I got to thinking: Is Rochester, New York, the largest city in the country that I've never visited? And it might be. I'd have to look at it. So I'm going to I'm going to look again myself tonight. But but you guys do it as uh, it'll be our little uh, text line question for you. Outside of the big three, New York, Chicago, L.A. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that, and and you know, I, I, and, and really and truly, you know, uh, a Philly, a Detroit, you know, other than the uh, the huge cities of the country, what is the largest city in the U.S. that you've never visited? What would it be for you, Cameron Parker?
2: Well, you mentioned L.A. and Chicago, so those are two right there. No,
1: I said if you remove them from the equation, okay, no no New York, L.A. or Chicago.
2: Anywhere in the West Coast. The farthest west I've been in the States is Denver.
1: Oh wow. Okay. All right. So you have been to San Francisco or San Diego no, or, or Seattle or mm-hmm. Portland. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So it's just to just think about it. And again, we're not gonna do that today. We'll we'll I'll I'll drop it in on tomorrow. Um so we'll 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 do that. Somebody said I love my garbage plate. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Again, I just just because it is a garbage plate and it and it has all that stuff all over it. It doesn't mean that you have to eat all of it, you know. As Big Crit Fan says, the world class Eastman School of Music is in Rochester. That's where uh, Eastman Kodak was was headquartered, I think, yeah. for decades as well. So. Um, Anyway, so that uh, that's yeah. So that's there. So something to think about for tomorrow, and I'll offer it up tomorrow on the program. And that's going to be the the largest city outside of the mega cities of say New York, Chicago, L.A. Outside of those three, what would be the largest city that you've never visited? So we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that coming up. However, uh, as I mentioned. At 11.15, what we did want to do is uh, jump to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and welcome the head coach of Texas softball, Mike White, who joins us right now. Coach, I appreciate the time. Uh, How are you this morning?
3: Oh, it's been great. I've got a nice day watching a team practice before the regional coming up.
1: Terrific. All right. Now, I I have to to take you off topic just for a moment. Then we're going to visit about your ball club. Uh, I was talking about, you know, the PGA Tour, uh, the PGA Championships going on at Oak Hill and Rochester. Now, I've been told that you are an outstanding golfer. So, uh, do you even get a chance to keep track of what's going on with the pro golf scene as busy as you are, especially at this time of year with what you have going on uh, with the Longhorn softball program?
3: Well, I think it's a ladder, but I knew the PGA was coming up, and uh, yeah, it's always a great champion. If You never want to miss the majors, especially on the last day. That's where the fun is.
1: Yeah. Now, I got to ask you this, too, because they just had a feature on this about in Rochester what's called the garbage plate, which is either hamburgers or steak or chicken uh Cameron what's it the hamburger steak or chicken right on with uh, on, some red hots with some red hots on a plate this is all on the same <laughs> plate mike with 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 baked beans uh macaroni salad and a and a couple other things right and some special sauce special two sauce and all of that. Bread. so it's all in what's called a garbage plate does that sound in any way shape or form appealing to you at all
3: Oh, I love food, and that sounds like a great deal for me. So, you know, <laughs> but it would definitely be a CES after that, baby. That sounds like a, a play <laughs>
1: no doubt. All right, I've, I've uh, diverted our attention long enough. For the let's talk about this regional. First of all, I want to talk about uh, your ball club, and I know there was any time you can't finish off winning a conference championship tournament and you had the opportunity there in the final but we are talking about Oklahoma who's uh, been this juggernaut and and everybody's uh, had to deal with them obviously during the course of the year that's that's had a difficult time with it what how would you describe your group's mindset, having made the run to the Big 12 tournament final, and I know everybody wasn't completely pleased that it was a number 13 seed, even though you mentioned in interviews you thought it would probably be around the 11, 12, maybe 13 type thing. What would you describe as the mindset of your group right now as you get ready to embark on regional play?
3: Well, I think we're hungry, and uh, you know, and, and like I said to the team, if, if we don't like where we're at, then do something about it. And, and I think that's what we've got to do is that uh, let's prove people wrong. We kind of did that last year when we didn't get seated, and we used that as motivation. So I'd like to see the team do the same thing this year.
1: Mike, what would you say that you like most about what your group is doing right now? And, and if there is a concern, what, what would be uh, the concern you might have? But let me start with what you, what you like most about your group at the moment.
3: I think we're pretty loose. I mean, we, we're getting everybody back to healthy. We're going to have a, a full squad to choose from. We've been working through some injuries for most of the year. But uh, the team is, I mean, they're, you know, even though they're young, they seem experienced young, if that makes sense. So, uh, and then, of course, our pitching staff is very varied. We have four different pitches we can throw out there, so I like that as well.
1: Yeah, and, and if there's something that, that has a concern, is it, a, is it mainly just keeping everybody healthy right now?
3: Uh, Well, it certainly is. I mean, you know, obviously we had Alyssa Washington with a wrist injury, Bella Dayton coming back from wrist surgery. um, You know, Courtney Day's had a bit of a back issue. So, you know, some big pieces of our puzzle have been out. So, uh, it's definitely something we want to have happen is have our whole team healthy. But, you know, we've just got to make sure we, we, uh, you know, we don't give up the big numbers. Uh, Sometimes with our defense, we can be a little – Uh, suspect there but uh, we're definitely playing pretty good at this time of year right now
1: visiting with Mike White Texas softball coach here for a couple more minutes here uh I want to ask you about Bella Dayton you mentioned about her coming back from injury and, and and making the all big 12 tournament team she's batting 357 for you right now how important is is not only her production but also her leadership to have her back regular and and contributing regularly like you expect
3: well, huge. I mean, you know, her speed is, is another thing. I mean, you saw that in the World Series last year. She's able to score from first base on, a, on an error to the outfield, and she can just run and play the game with intensity. And I think that it's that intensity we need. We have a really young group. We have five freshmen. And so sometimes, you know, with her experience, that really helps uplift this team, being able to put her in the lineup each day.
1: Um when you have uh, young pitchers, and and it's always uh, an interesting uh, challenge when you've got young pitchers because uh, they show you quite a lot, and then also uh, sometimes they can run through uh, – uh, certainly what, what young players do, at, no matter what their position is, uh, to do that. But uh, when you have uh, somebody, like I said, Lali Gutierrez, who has shown you some great things this year, and at times has also had some, had some challenges, how do you uh, deal with, say, a freshman who's had the ups and downs about making sure they kind of keep things on an even keel? Because we also always hear about that freshman wall when players start to hit it after a certain point.
3: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is you know that uh, you know interference gap, which is the gap between how well you can play and how well you do play. But I think that Lottie's been learning from each one of her experiences. We started the year out by just kind of inching her into it, giving her small roles, and each each year, each month has got a little bit more uh, intense. And uh, you know she's starting to blossom. Um, you know I think there's still a learning curve there, but uh, she asks really good questions, works hard, is quick on the uptake as far as me giving her adjustments. So. I expect to to do really well this this postseason.
1: You ever had a freshman uh, do the kinds of things that Reese Atwood has done for you, get on that streak and just have walk-off hit after walk-off hit for you?
3: <laughs> No, not not that. I mean that's uh, that's special. I mean that is something else, you know. And so it's almost like you hook somebody's on base and Reese is up, you know. Yeah, um,
1: Mike. Let me let me get your thoughts on the regional. First of all, about Seton Hall. Now, I I think a lot of people who follow your program and follow what's going on with softball in these parts know a bit about Texas State. They'll certainly know a bit about Texas A and M, and your program knows those two very well. But I want to ask you about your opponent in the regional tomorrow afternoon, Seton Hall, and and uh, what what are your impressions? Of the pirates, when you look at them and what you've been able to see from them,
3: well, it's all about momentum, and uh, obviously coming off their, their, their uh, tournament win, you know they've got some momentum going, and they have, um, you know, it's not a, an overly fast pitching stuff, but they're definitely varied. They're able to move it around. They're hitting really good locations. They don't give much away, and and that team, you know, right now they're they're hitting the ball well as uh, also so it it is you just kind of overlook anybody i think we may have done that a few years ago against sam houston state and we ended up losing that first game so you know it uh, you know they're not coming all this way to lose they're coming to give their best effort and uh, we got to be ready for them
1: and and then in the other two teams in in uh, texas a&m and texas state clearly uh, you get a chance to uh, perhaps see some teams that, that you've already seen, uh, uh, an outstanding pitcher like Jessica Mullins from Texas State. So is is there something to be gained from the familiar, familiarity element of it, Mike, having, those, uh, having two other teams that your program's gone up against or that know very well coming into this regional as well?
3: Well, yeah, definitely, especially with Texas State, having played them twice this year already, you know, we split with them, and, and Mullins uh, didn't throw us against the last game. But she is tough. I mean, she's a real uh, horse out there, and, and she, she gives you everything she's got. So she's not gonna leave anything in the tank. And uh, you know, this is a tough matchup for us if we happen to play them. Uh, but they also they're able to you know score some runs. They've got some a lot of speed, some power in the lineup. So it's a pretty good mix. And of course, you know, Texas A&M is uh, you know they see great pitching in the SEC. So you know there's gonna be nothing new to them and what we're able to throw at them. So it's it's gonna be uh, it's, this is a tough regional without a doubt. And uh, we're excited to be in it.
1: Uh, Mike, final question here. I know you've got uh, you, you've got several good choices to choose from. Have you have you made a call on the, who you want to start in the circle for you tomorrow?
3: Yeah, I'm probably going to start uh, Mac Morgan, but you know I've been made to make changes. But let's <laughs> so give me a little bit of a tip of my hand, but not all the stuff.
1: I got gotcha. you, hey uh, Mike. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got to get to practice, and and we wish you all the best of luck. We'll be watching very carefully this weekend. Best of luck this weekend in the regional, and and hope things go well for you.
3: Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it, and we appreciate all the support we've had from the fans this year, and looking forward to giving them a good matchup this weekend. So, thank you.
1: You bet. Thanks, Mike. All right, that's uh, Mike White, head coach of the Texas softball team, and you can hear all of the uh, regional softball games on 105.3 The Bat. Andrew Haynes will have the call. 3.45, the airtime tomorrow uh, afternoon. I want to make sure I've got that right as I was looking at that. Yeah, 3.45 uh, tomorrow, uh, the airtime for Texas softball tomorrow afternoon and the first pitch at 4 o'clock as uh, the Longhorns take on the Seton Hall Pirates. So that'll be tomorrow afternoon. That's game one of that regional, and Texas is playing the earlier game. And um, so that'll that'll be tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. And uh, Texas against Seton Hall. And then the uh, nightcap contest will be the two-seed Texas A&M against the three-seed um, uh, Texas State. So uh, 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon against Seton Hall. Then you just see what happens in terms of uh, winner's bracket and um, you know if there are elimination games involved and that kind of thing as well. So uh, there it is, uh, Mike White, our conversation with the Texas softball coach. And it's tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock, and you'll hear it on 105.3, the bat, 345 airtime on a 4 o'clock first pitch. All right, up next – we will bring you our Longhorn Notebook. We'll hear from David Pierce, Longhorn Baseball Coach. Uh, but prior to that, we'll have our Flex 30 update when we continue to light the tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
0: Light the tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe.
1: Well, it's been a while since I've heard Cutting Crew, and that's been by choice. It's okay.
2: So not your favorite. Okay.
1: Don't don't hate it, but, you know, just by choice. Don't use it. I mean, it's not on the level of air supply, no. It's not
0: not that bad, so, you know.
1: (laughs) Anyway, all right, Uh, let's move forward with our
0: uh, Flex 30 update.
1: to tell you what's going on with the softball playoffs, because now you're to the regional semifinal round, and you got Georgetown. And they're playing Santa Fe. And no, that's not from New Mexico. That's the Santa Fe down... I believe they're in Galveston County. It's down there uh, when you're heading down I-45 between Houston and Galveston. I believe crosses the county line down there in Galveston County. But they're playing there in Mumford. So, you know, there you go. MJ from Hearn, if you want to see some High-quality softball just down the road from you, from her, and head down to the Palace there in Mumford uh, to see uh, uh, Georgetown and Santa Fe. And all three games will be going there. Oh, by the way, baseball involving Georgetown, also in Mumford. Yeah! So softball at 7.30, baseball in the 5A regional quarterfinal, playing Montgomery Lake Creek. That's 7 o'clock tonight. Man, Mumford is going to be a happening place tonight the venue over there, especially if you're a Georgetown Eagles fan, baseball and softball. You can hop back and forth between the two games. One starts at 7, the other at 7.30, 7 o'clock for baseball, defending 5A state champion Georgetown against Lake Creek, Uh, 7 o'clock tonight, 7 o'clock tomorrow, 2 o'clock Saturday if necessary in baseball, the Sweet 16 regional semifinals, softball, 7.30 tonight, 5 o'clock, tomorrow, 5 o'clock tomorrow for Game 2, and then if a third game is necessary, to be 3 o'clock on Saturday. That's not only your uh, Georgetown update, that's kind of your Mumford update <laughs> as well. Now on to the rest of baseball. Cedar Park and Rouse, the one gamer, tomorrow night in the 5A Region 3 playoffs as well. So if Georgetown wins... They would play the winner of Cedar Park and Rouse, so you would have a district rematch just like Cedar Park and Rouse have a district rematch going on tomorrow night at Concordia. And if Georgetown advances, they would face the winner of that game, so you'd have a rematch in the state quarterfinal. A and lot a lot can happen. Yeah, yeah. And that, that'd that be a lot of fun, that game tomorrow, between Cedar Park and Rouse.
2: Yeah, and, and real quick in that game. So we, we talked about how Rouse won the flip to have just a one-game playoff. Yep. Um, besides the fact that Cedar Park beat him twice, when you have a pitcher like Colin Correjo, who's a UTSA commit, he <laughs> threw six and two-thirds last week against Alma Heights. I've seen him throw complete games before. He's an absolute stud, so Rouse hoping that Correjo can be an ultimate workhorse and maybe pull off an upset, but that'll, that'll be a fun fun matchup. we got some great pitching that'll be happening this week across Centex. Okay, all right, so there's that. Hey,
1: one more. Somebody let this know on the Specs text line. This is why we say I appreciate this. They're not done in Mumford. You got Burnett. More? Burnett's playing Liberty in a one gamer uh, tonight. Or I I don't know. I don't know if it's a one gamer. They're playing at 5 o'clock this afternoon. I'm going to guess that's a one gamer there between Burnett and Liberty. Let me know, Texter, if I'm incorrect on that. But Burnett is playing Liberty at 5 o'clock in Mumford. Just, and I don't say this often, spend the late afternoon, evening in the Brazos Valley if you like, you know? But you could do that over there in Mumford. Right there all far in the market, Road 50. So you could do that. All right, now to the six A's. Lake Travis and San Antonio Johnson, if, if, if you're concerned, and would I not be correct in saying this, Cam, if you are concerned about gaining admission, let alone parking, for tonight's game in Round Rock between Round Rock and Westlake, you know, being able to even get in the ballpark tonight or tomorrow at Westlake. If you if, if you're if you're concerned about that. At least for tonight, if you decided you couldn't make it all the way over to Mumford, you could go over to Concordia and see Lake Travis and Ladybird Johnson high school tonight.
2: Yeah, and there's that's Concordia University. Tornado Field has uh, it's optimal for big events. So yeah. you'll be able to find find seats there. Okay. All right. You'll see most likely Derek Maples on the mound for Johnson. Um, he he pitched a complete game last week against Bowie. So Lake Travis, they're you know they're they're very familiar with this Johnson program. They're just—it's just—they're a tough team, Craig. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the state. They won mm. the the twenty eight six eight district over Reagan, over Brandeis, both who uh, played Round Rock and Westlake last week. So, but the Cavaliers—they're an incredible baseball program, Craig. You saw Brett Beatty hit that yep. solo shot was it two days ago for the Mets. So yep. they have been here before. They've been in the state tournament before. So this won't—this this is no uh, no surprise for where they're at.
1: Yeah, Lake Travis and Johnson tonight at Concordia, uh, tomorrow. Uh, at Northside ISD Baseball Park, that's tomorrow night. If it goes to a decisive third game, it would be Saturday afternoon in drip, 2 o'clock there in Dripping Spring Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Which brings us to Round Rock and Westlake, where someone on the Specs text line has said the online ticket sales for Round Rock have maxed out. The, what's left for tickets to be sold at the gate so, there you go for that. And somebody said, hey, that Burnet Liberty thing is a three-game series. How are they going to make that work if they're playing all the – maybe they're not playing all the games in Mumford. I'm just wondering. There will be a lot of daytime, I guess, uh, when they do that. Uh, somebody asked what determines when they do a one-game playoff. Heads or tails? Well, right last year it. for
2: that, right? Yeah. yeah. Next uh, season they goes to the three-game yeah. no matter what.
1: Yeah, and you can – and they do that sometimes with the coaching directory. Odd even, we've talked about that, the uh, – the, uh, Coaching guy derby, as I mentioned, or bingo, where somebody calls out a town name, like say Liberty, and then the other person, a guy on the other end of the line, immediately has to say odd or even, and then they'll go and they and then they look at it and and see if the last digit in the zip code is odd or even. Yeah, saves money on travel to flip a coin. I can tell you that. Yep. Uh, so uh, so it says, well, both pitchers you signed with Texas going tonight. Yes.
2: I think Covert's the, just committed. I know is signed, but Covert is yeah. a junior. I don't think you can sign yet. It? Right. And uh uh it's, it should
1: be an epic game. So you got football at six o'clock. Yep. Yeah, baseball at seven thirty. Yes, standing room only. So there'll be you know, there'll be that tonight. And it'll be the same tomorrow. Yeah. Over at Chapfield, right?
2: For Round because it's it's a huge diamond. You can, you know, if you have a big enough Truck or SUV, you can pull up behind the outfield. Yeah, well, that's that's what for the first time against Butta Johnson. I mean, it was the same thing. It was sold out, so people were out in the outfield. I'm guessing it's gonna be the same way because I mentioned on B and E with Sakura pitching and Copert pitching. There's going to be about 15-20 MLB scouts behind home plate, probably a little bit more, knowing that it might be the last time they'll see Sakura, just depending on because scouts want to get out and see this kid before the MLB draft. So yeah. factor in the Westlake crowd, which will travel, the Round Rock crowd, which is incredible, plus the football game. If you can't make it out, hey Greg, NFHS Network. I'll be in the call. Just see you, you guys there There's There you my go. Plug.
1: See, absolutely. And and by the way, and and I can't make it because I've got a ball game of my own to call tonight. It's kind of important, kind of a thing too. Just a little bit uh, uh, with that. But if I wasn't, you know what, I would probably do. I'd probably take my F one fifty that I got to leave Johnson Ford and drive around to the outfield and back it up yeah. there, put the lawn chair in the back of the back of the pickup truck there and uh, beyond the outfield fence and watch. That's what I'd
2: probably do. And, and if you have a TV, pull up Longhorn Network. Absolutely. Or pull up Longhorn Network, put on 104.9 the horn. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right. There it is.
1: Your Flex 30 update. Yep. Regional quarterfinals for baseball, regional semifinals for softball, for Georgetown, for Burnett. We wish them the best of luck as well. <laughs> Coach Scooby says I'm going to get to Ron Rock about four thirty, and I'm hoping that's going to be in time. <laughs> it might be close. Hopefully it'll work out. All right, time now for your Longhorn notebook.
0: Longhorn notebook.
1: Okay, um, Longhorn notebook, and uh, the Longhorns get ready to take on West Virginia. As as we pointed out, how important uh, this series is. We know that uh, for the Longhorns, uh, the the math works out uh, that if if they win and uh, win uh, not only tonight. Uh, but win tomorrow and also, you know, win uh, on uh, Saturday. And they'd have to win all three and have Oklahoma State lose at least once. And Oklahoma Oklahoma State is playing OU in Norman. So they're closing out their regular season with Bedlam. And uh, they're playing at the same time as the West Virginia Texas game. Obviously, we'll keep everybody updated on the horn about the progress of that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game and also uh, the other games as well. Uh, Kansas State is playing TCU at 6 o'clock. K-State still has a mathematical shot to claim a share of the conference title as well. Uh, David Pierce, in uh, talking about this, uh, you know, the, he was asked yesterday to meet the availability about, you know, how much did they all factor in all this kind of stuff about what they have to do to try to win the thing and, um, you know, get 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 an opportunity to uh, claim part of the title if they win all three. And he said he just really didn't want guys fixating so much on that is the fact that you've got a heck of a matchup this weekend.
4: So you've got two really good teams that feel like going at each other with a lot at stake. Um, You know, it's hard to sweep in the Big 12, but uh, you can't sweep unless you win game one. So we have to work really hard to win game one, and that's all we can be concerned with. And then uh, let the series play out from there.
1: Yeah, and then he went on to talk about the, the importance of zeroing in, dialing in on game one, because even if you don't win the conference title in the regular season, there are so many other things that are out there that are on the table.
4: It's not just about the league uh, share. It's also just about so many implications of RPI, positioning in the tournament, Um, just finishing strong, but really just playing really good baseball. If we can do that, that's all I expect from our team. I don't want them to go in worrying about what they have to do. We haven't done that all year. What They need to go in there and play with a little bit of an edge um, and don't drop their guard.
1: Yeah, that's important not to uh, drop the guard, but just to be ready uh, for this matchup, which is going to be so important and not only important, he wants his guys to really enjoy the moment. This is why you come to play baseball, Texas, to play in matchups like this.
4: I mean, it's great going in the last week, knowing that you have an opportunity to win a championship. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but it's its what you, you strive for. We won it in 18, we won it in 2018 we won, it won and we won it on the last day. So um, anything can happen in this game and in this league. And so we're just going to go out there and try to play our best.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, do that sort of thing. Now, I should tell you this. One thing that I found interesting about West Virginia – and, and and we've told you about J.J. Weatherholt. What a tremendous ball player he is! And he's batting four sixty six and he's hit 15 home runs, and he's stolen 35 bases. He's going to win Big 12 Player of the Year honors. There's no doubt about that. And he's going to be a finalist for the Golden Spikes Award and and the other ones as well. He's he's really really good. We we know all that. Uh, one thing does have my interest peaked a little bit. All season long, the Mountaineers have gone with left-hander Ben Hampton as their Friday night starter. And then come back with Blaine Traxel on Saturday, their fifth-year senior, as their Saturday starter, game two starter. Well, Traxel is going to start game two. It'll be tomorrow, Friday, instead of Saturday, since it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. But they're not starting Ben Hampton, the lefty, tonight. They're going with a freshman right-hander. In Carson Estridge. Now he's three and zero with a three seven five ERA, but he's only pitched twenty four innings and he's only made four starts. So I don't know if that's an injury thing or a field thing or a rest thing uh, that it's going a day earlier because West Virginia does have their Saturday starter listed as TBA. So that's something uh, to think about going into this series opener tonight. Obviously, Lucas Gordon will go for Texas tonight. LeBaron Johnson will go tomorrow night, and then Saturday afternoon on Senior Day. Tanner Witt will go. Also, one other really, uh, I think, pretty cool thing that will happen tonight. Bill Bethay, the longtime assistant to Cliff Gustafson at Texas, is being honored tonight. They're just, you know, uh, paying uh, tribute to him. They're going to have him throw out the first pitch. Catching, catching the first pitch to be thrown out by Bill Bethay, none other than our own Ty Harrington, our uh, broadcast partner, who's going to join me on the broadcast. So he'll scurry up to the booth after catching the first pitch. So that's that's coming up tonight. 6.15 airtime, 6.30 first pitch, Texas and West Virginia. And again, Texas softball uh, at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, game one of that regional on 105.3, the bat against Seton Hall, 345 airtime. Now, I, I promised I'd give you this before we get to the break. Um, we keep up with the NCAA tournament projections that come out. And I usually examine three of those sets of projections. One of those sets of projections, I think uh, the ones that most everybody follow right out of the gate are the ones from D1Baseball.com. What's notable about the D1 projections this week is the last four in, the uh, two Big 12 teams are in the last four in. Oklahoma, the the 62nd team listed in the field. TCU, the 64th team listed. You talk about your last four in Their Last one in, and the first one out is Texas State. So uh this weekend, Texas State, of course, is playing at home against UL Monroe. It really kind of is a must-sweep situation with the Bobcats. And then you see what happens with TCU. Of course, they're in Manhattan to play Kansas State. So maybe that helps. Who knows? Oklahoma can help itself against Oklahoma State this weekend there. Now, uh the... uh the first four out were Texas State, Georgia Tech, Rutgers, and Louisiana, which just got through sweeping Texas State last weekend, but they're in that first four out. Okay, the the field of 64 projections, your top eight national seeds are Wake Forest, Arkansas, Florida, LSU, Stanford, West Virginia, who's ranked number six in the country, also the number six national seed according to their projections, uh, Clemson, and then Vanderbilt, and then that next group would be uh, your nine, <coughs> your nine seed Virginia, ten is Kentucky, eleven South Carolina, twelve Coastal Carolina, thirteen Miami, fourteen Oklahoma State, fifteen Duke, sixteen Oregon State. Now, one thing I do find interesting is that Duke uh, cannot bid the Durham Bulls minor league park like what was originally said. Oh. Because the Bulls are playing. they got a home series. Oh. One team, however, that's right on the cusp of hosting is Campbell. And they got a huge win over East Carolina the other night. Campbell can bid the minor league park in Fayetteville, just down the road, home of the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. That's right. Astros, uh, low-A ball affiliate. So uh, they could bid that. All right, so that – and uh, the log ones, you ask? Well, according to D1 Baseball, they'd be in Fayetteville. Mm. Now, I, 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 this is the part that I struggle with. I understand why the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee says sometimes to balance the bracket, they can go outside the realm of, of the numerical part of, of, of who should be seated where. And what I mean by that is you would not think that, because in, by most estimation, Texas would be a pretty high two-seed right now you wouldn't think they would send them to the number 2 national seed arkansas along with oral roberts and little rock but again that's a geographic consideration not only are they the only one uh, not only are they not the uh, do they have it that way they're also not the only ones who have it that way because uh the projected bracket for um one of the other ones and um uh, this is uh college sports madness has texas also in a uh regional that is hosted by arkansas and uh and 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 that would certainly that that's two of them that have them listed that way so uh they've got they've got texas playing in fayetteville as well in one and then uh the one that is uh put out by uh baseball america has Texas uh, playing in Dallas in a regional hosted by Dallas Baptist that would have Texas A&M as the three and Sam Houston State as the four. So again, it's all speculation right now. And those other two regional projections have Texas State in the field, whereas D1 does not. That's how razor thin the margin is right now for the Bobcats trying to get into the field. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Okay, Uh, we're done for today. Jeff Howe's done with his meeting. All right, quickly, just off the top
3: of your head. I'm done with my broadcast week also because I'm out tomorrow.
1: That's right, because I know you're going to be out tomorrow. That's what I was going to mention. Largest city in the United States other than the big three, New York, Chicago, L.A., that you've never visited. Largest city.
0: Uh, Because it's going to
1: be tomorrow. I'm going to put it out there for everybody
3: tomorrow. um, Miami? Okay, okay. I technically haven't visited Atlanta. Is that in there? Oh. I've been to Atlanta, but haven't been, you know, through the airport. That doesn't count.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Uh, See you back on Monday. And uh, Cam, I'll see you tomorrow. We invite you to stay tuned. Up next, Chad and Zay, we'll visit with you tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, right here on Light the Tower.